I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, Episode 65. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. A couple of weeks ago in episode 63, I had you read Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Did you do it? Did you read all of Jesus' teaching that day on the mountaintop? Well, if you didn't, don't fret. We're going to talk about another portion of his teaching on that day, but this time we will be using American Dream by Casting Crowns. This song was a request from one of our one of my listeners, Melina, and I can't wait to use it to jump into scripture. The song is not a new one. It's actually from 2003, but it still plays on the radio. And I think that the reason it resonates uh, with listeners and obviously causes the radio stations to continue to play it is because the story is so reflective of this vicious cycle that we often glamorize in American society. And that is work, work, work to achieve this version of success that the world has defined for us. And I can't listen to the lyrics of this song, American Dream, without thinking of that 1974 song, Cats in the Cradle. It seems like times haven't changed much, have they? All work, no play, may have made Jack a dull boy. But all work, no guy, has left Jack with a lost soul. But he's moving on full steam, he's chasing the American dream. He's gonna give his family Not this time, son I've no time to waste Maybe tomorrow We'll have time to play And then it slips into This new BMW So I've been reading a lot in the Old Testament lately, and I've been pondering the idea of idols. And I'm not sure I've really come to this succinct comparison, because in general, we don't worship figurines like they did in the Old Testament. You know, they would actually carve images, uh, sometimes of animals or human shapes or combinations of the two. But it was a physical representation of something that they could see and worship. But even though we don't carve images, we still try to build things with our own two hands. And they are that is what ends up becoming our idol. And I just listened to this in Habakkuk. I was reading in Habakkuk. In chapter 2, it says, Look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. 
Wealth is treacherous, and the arrogant are never at rest. They open their mouths as wide as the grave, and like death, they are never satisfied. In their greed, they have gathered up many nations and swallowed many peoples. What good is an idol carved by man or a cast image that deceives you? How foolish to trust in your own creation, a God that can't even talk. What sorrow awaits you who say to wooden idols, wake up and save us. To speechless stone images, you say, rise up and teach us. Can an idol tell you what to do? They may be overlaid with gold and silver, but they are lifeless inside. So those are the words of Habakkuk or God, words of God found in Habakkuk. Now listen to our song. So he works and he builds with his own two hands. And he pours all he had in a castle made with sand. But the wind and the rain are coming crashing in. Time will tell just how long this kingdom stays. In Habakkuk, we learn how foolish to trust in your own creation. And yet that that's what this endless striving for success and wealth and finer things is. It's our own creation, our own strivings. And we want our own creation. We want our kingdom to rise up and teach us. But just as with those Old Testament idols, it's empty and lifeless inside. So heed the warning found right here in Scripture Don't trust in yourself. Your life will be crooked. And I find it interesting that in Habakkuk, God says, wealth is treacherous and the arrogant are never at rest because our song reflects the same. God goes on to say of those that trust in themselves, still in Habakkuk here, they open their mouths as wide as the grave and like death, they are never satisfied. I mentioned in the intro that we would head over to Matthew chapter 7. I didn't forget. Uh, We've been talking about how anything we trust in that we build with our own two hands can be an idol, even though it might not be a physical image or a carving or a cast image. So that's that first phrase of the lyric in the chorus. Of course, it says he works and he builds with his own two hands. So the second uh, phrase of the, uh, in the lyric is, um, is what led me to Matthew chapter 7. When the lyrics of our song talk about a castle made with sand. In all of his teaching on the mountainside to his disciples, it's a long teaching again, chapters 5 through 7, but he ends, Jesus ends with this. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is a, it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash." 
Now, I want to point out something. Scripture is not saying that when you put your faith in Christ and obey his teaching, that you will never again go through a storm. And In fact, did you just hear it? I mean, it pretty much says, not if, but when the rain comes in torrents. So when you read this section of scripture, do you think of someone you know, like like you could put their picture right there by that life built on the rock and then maybe think of somebody else that you could put their picture right next to the one built on the sand? You know, I can. I mean, I can picture some friends whose lives have been touched with tragedy and their whole world fell apart. And then I can picture these other friends whose lives were touched with a similar tragedy and their faith not only endured but got stronger. Both had to endure the rain and the floodwaters. But one family collapsed when the other didn't. And it all boiled down to their faith in Christ and their dependence upon the Creator and not their own creation that they built with their own two hands. So what did Jesus teach about that day? Well, one of the Bible interaction tools that I use is to be aware of section headings. You know, I want you to read all of Matthew chapter 5 through 7, but before you do, you could take out your Bible and look out look at the main headings and make a list of the teachings of Jesus on that day. And so it's just using the tools already included in your Bible to make a type of outline. So I did that. I typed it up in my notes here, and I'm going to read these to you, but you could do the same. This is a Bible interaction tool. Um, I talk about that a lot because sometimes, of course, you know me, I want you to read your Bible and I want you to read in context, but oftentimes we... we, put more emphasis on one way of interacting with God's word rather than another. And one seems more holy or seems right, or I I don't know, but I just want to encourage you to interact with God's word. If that means kind of sitting down and looking at headings and thinking about either what you know or don't know about what Christ said about it and, and journaling or anything like that, I think that's a good thing. I think if we interact in a variety of ways with God's word, that it will stay alive and fresh to us. So those the, the outline here, the Beatitudes, teaching about salt and light, teaching about the law, teaching about anger, teaching about adultery, teaching about divorce, teaching about vows, teaching about revenge, teaching about love for enemies, teaching about giving to the needy, teaching about prayer and fasting, teaching about money and possessions, do not judge others, effective prayer, the golden rule, the narrow gate, the tree and its, and its fruit, true disciples, and building on a solid foundation. Jesus taught all of that in one day in a session on the mountainside. And uh, so it's just included in this just one session of teaching of Jesus. And it ends with this idea of building on a solid foundation. And and it's simple. Building on this solid foundation, simple, but not easy. Simply listen to the teaching of Christ and follow it. Again, simple, but not easy. Obedience gives you that solid foundation you seek. And I want to end today with just a couple of warnings that I've noticed recently in Scripture. And I just told you to listen to Christ's teaching and obey it so that you can build your life on a solid foundation that will weather the storm. And you might be saying, amen. Or you may be saying, well, tell me something I didn't know. 
or some other response. I don't know. This advice may be so familiar to you and so simplistic that you may not even realize that you're not even doing it. I've recently seen two responses in scripture. One is thinking that you'll be safe no matter what. That you can just build your idol with your own two hands and not lose your family. Kind of like our lyrics of our song talked about today. But in Deuteronomy chapter 29, Moses is reviewing the covenant with the people of Israel. A covenant of love between God the Father and his nation. And he mentions idols like we've been talking about today in uh 29, chapter 29 of Deuteronomy, starting in verse 18. I'm making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, woman, clan, or tribe will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations so that no root among you bears bitter and poisonous fruit. Those who hear the warnings of this curse should not congratulate themselves thinking I'm safe even though I'm following the desires of my own stubborn heart. This would lead to utter ruin. Reminds me of, of building that house on the sand and it will come down with a mighty crash. So that's that first warning I want to share with you. It takes effort to obey. It takes intentional obedience. You have to listen to the teaching. Then you must obey it. You cannot follow the desires of your own stubborn heart and think there won't be consequences. You will not be safe. Then I saw this in Jeremiah. A response to the prophet's warning from the Lord. Jeremiah, of course, being a prophet. And he's giving the people God's words, God would say, here, say this to them. Here, say this to them. And he would say it. And this is one of the responses in Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 16. We will not listen to your messages from the Lord. We will do whatever we want. We will burn incense and pour out liquid offerings to the queen of heaven just as much as we like. Just as we and our ancestors and our kings and officials have always done in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For in those days we had plenty to eat, and we were well off and had no troubles. But ever since we quit burning incense to the Queen of Heaven and stopped worshipping her with liquid offerings, we've been in great trouble and have been dying from war and famine. Now these folks, these Israelites, determined that their circumstances proved that God was not faithful and true and did not link their situation to their own disobedience. I'm taking a few scriptures out of context. If you could read the whole thing, you would know that that their war and their famine was a direct result of their disobedience to the Lord. And Jeremiah was calling them back and they were just saying, no, we're going to do whatever we want. We're going to do what we want because it doesn't matter. Our circumstance, and in fact, I'm going to even tell... I'm even going to say God is not who he said he was because look of our circumstances. There are two approaches to God. One is that I can use the lens of my experience, my background, my thinking. And through that lens, I shape God into the God that he is. The other way to do life is to let God reveal himself to us through his living word. To show us who he is and through that lens We look at the experiences of our life, the thoughts of our life, our viewpoints. They all begin to be shaped around the understanding of who God is. Again, allowing God to shape us instead of us to shape God. 
And if we don't have that foundation in our heart of who God truly is revealed through his word, then our kingdom that we've been building with our own two hands will come down with a great crash. Because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but life is a series of storms. So what's next? Well, whether or not you've been reading in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, uh, you might uh, might consider staying there. You can tell by the outline that I went over. There's much to ponder. Then here's a journaling idea. Take each section heading. I listed it out for you, but you could pull out a journal or a sheet of paper. Write the section heading and read and ponder and study maybe that section. And then write a one-sentence synopsis of how you can obey this teaching of Christ. And then move to the next section. In some sections, you may feel like a saint. I got this. I got this. No, no problem. Where others may be quite convicting. But it's really going to take that kind of this idea of maybe teaching that you might be familiar with or heard or think you know and understand and really put it down um, to brass tacks. Am I really obeying this? Am I obeying this so much so that I am building a foundation, so that I am proving myself wise, so that when the torrents come, I can stand firm because I'm built on a strong foundation and not sand, not pouring myself, building a kingdom with my own two hands, but really building a life based on the the foundation of Christ and truth. And then while you're in God's word this week, would you let me know how you're doing? You can email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook. I also have a little link to a voicemail um, that you can leave me a voicemail through the computer. And a, a couple of my listeners have done that. So encouraging. And then I can reply to you there. So you can try that. Uh, you can leave a comment also on the show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 65. Just a few quick announcements before I leave. I want to personally thank you for listening with a gift. I don't want you to ever have any excuses for not having God's word front and center every day. So I've created some free resources for you to go on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or even be able to print it out. You can access those free resources just by signing up at michellekneesat.com. Give me your email address and your name, and I'll send those right out to you. And you can get them weekly as well because I create a new resource every week. It is just a small token of my thanks and hopefully a useful tool for you. And I want to shout out to Carrie from Texas, Caleb from New York, and Lydia from New York, my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe to it in iTunes. And while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? It encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use You Are Holy, a worship song by Michael W. Smith. I love to add these types of songs into my playlist, songs that are really more about God and less about me. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that song next week. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 65. 
While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.